Throughout history, parents in every country around the globe have been given the right to exercise final authority over their own children. And this includes how they raise their kids, teaching them things like values, religion, worldview, along with reading, writing, and arithmetic. But these days, however, political correctness, the woke police, public schools, the media, government, and more appear to have teamed up to create something on par with Hitler's youth. Today, we'll be talking with Stacey Manning, co-author of a book that will help you preserve your right to be the final authority over your own children. The book is called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City, and it's next Unlicensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, the stuff that's being allowed and even taught in American public school systems today is is actually criminal. Mm-hmm. Why aren't more parents fighting back against this insanity? Yeah, well, as you know, Michelle, uh, we're certainly doing everything we can from our platform here mm-hmm. at Licensed to Parent and at Shepherd's Hill Academy to, to sound the alarm. Uh, the problem is that so many people are like lemmings. Uh, they're wired to mm-hmm. follow the herd. And when virtually every major media outlet in America is working in tandem with the giants of Silicon Valley, the NEA, corrupt politicians, and the warped appetites, attitudes, and addictions of so much of the U.S. population today, it's going to be a long uphill climb uh, out of a pit that we all had a little culpability in helping create ourselves in the first place. Uh, this slippery slope got a foothold in the 60s, and Today, we're seeing the logical outworking of it all. It's not like we weren't warned, but moral and thinking people got shouted down for a new morality that has now enslaved us to a new kind of quasi-freedom that is really nothing more than a bondage Mm -hmm. to self. And and now too many people have simply gotten used to it all. Uh, For others, it's like riding a wild bull. They really don't want to be there, but they don't dare let go either. So now, uh, you know, it's like we're all actors in a bad dystopian movie. Uh, We need to be stars in a different movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's what our guest is going to try to help us with today. Well, our guest and licensed to parent is Stacey Manning. Stacey Manning is senior editor for the organization Them Before Us, advocating children over adult desires and helping to give children a voice. Stacey is a stay-at-home suburban mom, author, and a side hustle professional. She and her husband of 20-something years are raising their three children behind enemy lines in a suburb just outside of Seattle. And when Stacey's not sticking her meddling fingers in another writer's work. She is barefoot in the kitchen making her husband a sandwich. Wow, I like this lady. Stacy. welcome <laughs> to Licensed to Parent. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Your book's called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. For those who might not fully grasp the concept, uh, can you give us a brief understanding of what it means to be woke? You know, in our book we have a, a lengthy examination, but I heard this description last night willingly overlooking known evil. And I thought that it was so apropos. I wish I'd come up with it myself. We view woke. 
I know. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, our <laughs> definition of woke is essentially people being divided by those who would rather destroy than build um, into mm-hmm. their um, small groups being pit against one another, whether it's a um, sexual orientation or color of skin and um, made to destroy uh, just for the sake of destruction. Mm. That's pretty evident a few years ago, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I've interviewed a number of prominent people in the black community, including uh, Robert Woodson and Jesse Lee Peterson, among others. Uh, and, and virtually all of them uh, have said that there is no systemic racism in America today. Uh, these are coming from black folks. Uh, should this tell parents of all colors anything? Well, it should be evident in our day-to-day interactions with one another. What we're being fed by the media, I, I don't see evidenced in my day-to-day um, goings on with other Americans whatsoever. Everybody seemingly is getting along famously and this um, need to manufacture hostility between races and sexual identity is um, simply the tool that the woke use to uh, dismantle uh, society and they, they they have all the megaphones. Um, it doesn't reflect uh, reality and day to day living. And from your experience, what's that doing from a psychological, emotional perspective to our our kids? Well, because my kids have been raised to see the truth, um, they laugh and mock. Um, the kids at school make a whole lot of fun of the woke. The teenagers are still the same as they ever were, and many see the garbage, but they don't, they haven't been taught uh, what to believe and why they should believe it. Um, And that's one of the major bents in our book, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. Conservative kids need to be prepared with the what and the why so that they can effectively and dispassionately defend their worldview and potentially expose other children to a conservative worldview in which my kids are the only ones bringing to their attention. Mm-hmm. Well, Stacy, what is the what and the why? Like, how are you practically preparing your kids for the truth? Unfortunately, in this world, we have had to expose our children to truths and um, lies in earlier years than we would have rather. Um, right. In our book, we we follow the classical trivium. Um, in elementary school, the grammar stage, uh, the time of building knowledge, we, we filter out as much as possible. Um, we do need to shelter our children during these tender years, but we have to remember that shelter is temporary. They need to be prepared. During those years, we fill their minds with facts and statistics and knowledge. Because when they go to middle school, that's when the gloves come off. The middle school phase is called the logic phase. That's the time of teaching understanding. This is where we build the kids' filter. They start bringing things home, and you start introducing concepts to them that are lies. Men cannot become women. A gay marriage is not the same as a traditional marriage. And they need to be educated in why that is the case so that they can effectively communicate that and understand it themselves. Uh, high school is the rhetoric phase, the <laughs> the argument phase. This is the phase of learning that's wisdom-based. Mm. Uh, in this stage, we recommend the most important thing is to stay connected to your teen. There's a reason that bar mitzvah and bat mitzvahs happen at 13 years old. You're about done at that point. Um, that's when you become 
their consultant foremost. You've installed the files, you've built their filter, and then you just need to be there because kids will need you as much, if not more, in a more intellectual capacity in high school. You're not quite finished, but uh, staying connected is paramount. Right. Kristen Jensen, uh, we've had her on a few times. She wrote a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Uh, She very much backs up the idea that uh, you need to have that conversation about pornography in particular, uh, and you can have it without getting specific, uh, like the, do- the no-touch zones with your kids when they're very young, before even the conversation about the birds and the bees, and it, it primes them at a young age. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done this with my own kids uh, growing up. They can handle a lot more than you think uh, early yes. on, and once they get uh, the uh, the godly perspective on, on the facts of life, let's say, uh, then they can see the perversion in, in the things that are going on around them. Um, we cover something t- called the founder's principle. The founder's principle is the idea that the person that gets to your child first will be considered the expert in that topic. So whether it's a kid with a smartphone in fourth grade that shows your kid pornography, they're going to go back to that one when they have more questions about pornography. If it's a YouTuber that covers gender and transgenderism, that's going to be considered the expert by your child when they want more information. That's why it is paramount that -hmm. children are introduced to these topics by their parents first. Yeah. And parents must cultivate a no flinch response when their kids come to them Mm -hmm. with these questions. We need to be as parents, the safest space for our kids to explore the most tedious underbelly of Mm -hmm. our society. Um, And if we flinch, if we, Uh, rage against the information that they bring to us, um, we chance missing those opportunities to really speak into their lives because (laughs) dealing with mom's rage against the society when our kids are right downrange from that rage, it closes doors. That's right. The title of your book seems to assume a couple of things. First, that conservatism is a desired end. And that woke is uh, inferior to uh, whatever the alternative is. Why is conservatism better than liberalism? Why does there seem to be only two choices? And what's the better alternative to being woke? We are not talking about raising Trumpian kids or anti-woke kids. We're talking about raising children that conserve the founding principles of our nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The woke are manipulated by higher education. Um, They create uh, the utopian idea of what should be, and they go about destroying systems without any plan for what is to come. Uh, We're focused on conserving founding principles because they are the best ideas for our governance. And to liberally toss them away is a fool's errand. And the arrogance of thinking that our people right now, because of our level of technology and our our development as a society, is somehow better or more knowledgeable yeah. than those who came before us is is an arrogance that mm. is wildly dangerous to our future. Yeah, we get this idea that new is always better. The truth of the matter is, old-fashioned doesn't mean outdated. I mean, new isn't always better. And I want to revisit that when we come back uh, from the break because there's a lot more to say about uh, that subject. Yeah, let's do that. 
Well, we're talking with Stacey Manning about her book that she wrote with Katie Faust, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. You need to check out the book and also write down their website, thembeforeus.com. Check it out, but only after we're done today. More Licensed to Parent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill. Go to licensedtoparent.org. We are talking today with Stacy Manning, and we are talking about raising conservative kids. And I believe, Trace, that you were right in the middle of a thought when we went to our break. Yeah, at my age, though, those thoughts kind of come and go. Um, <laughs> but before the break, you, you were touching on something I was going to uh, get to, Um I was going to ask you if you'd say that liberalism could be defined as the desire to discard or to be liberated from things that are currently bad, and conservatism is the desire to keep or to conserve uh, the things that are currently good. I think that used to be a very fair definition, but I think the problem is the leftists, not necessarily the liberals. I know that there are plenty of liberals who think the left has gone way too far, um, has yeah. become entirely unhinged from reality. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Are, are there any aspects of liberalism that parents would actually want to impart to their kids, independent of the school being allowed to teach it? No. 
No. Okay. Now, are you That's talking a simple about, answer. I like that. Are you, are you talking about <laughs> liberalism as defined by the far, far, far left lunatics or liberalism as it's uh, traditionally uh, understood? Because I, think, because I think there's an argument that Jesus would have been considered a liberal in his day. I think you're right about that. Uh, and the, the ever-shifting, you know, political waters, it's really hard to define, even 10 years ago, what liberal meant and what conservative meant. It has changed, in my opinion, to more freedom and uh, authoritarian. Mm-hmm. So liberal values, I mean, classical liberal, Thomas Jefferson-style liberal, those are actually the values that we would like to conserve, yet that's no longer how they're defined. I, yeah. I don't even know that we can throw around these terms with any any meaningful definition any longer because it's like the the furniture, the, we've lost gravity and the furniture is floating around in the room and we don't necessarily know where it's going to land, but it, we're definitely in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the deeper issue isn't even so much conservative or liberal as it is moral and spiritual. Mm-hmm. So the question, and I want to get, I want to revisit that, but First, I want to ask you, why do parents, or political parties for that matter, have to be pigeonholed into accepting such divisive labels? Uh, Because they are divisive. I mean, mean, uh, someone talks to me and and calls me a conservative or calls me a liberal. I want to say, how about just calling me Trace Embry? Because there's some things that you might say I'm more liberal on and things that I'm more conservative on. I, I, I'm definitely, I definitely adhere to a biblical worldview, and I think in today's world that would be definitely considered conservative as a whole. And I would vote Republican across the board simply because of the abortion issue that's on the other side of the table. But there are, I mean, I, do, I still feel there are points that I, I, I don't feel— I feel like we've bought into this idea of being labeled conservative or, or liberal, and I think that was a, a, a devil's plan from the jump. It's very tribal, and it's a symbol or a sign that our political landscape is a hot mess. We shouldn't be talking about politics all the time. If we had a healthy right. political system, we would be living um, as Americans, as we we did just up to a decade ago, living and let live, having conversations with one another that didn't end in hostility and um, getting on with life, respecting that, you know, your inner life and your life is just as complex and valuable to you as, as mine is to me. But the tribal nature of, of politics is just a, a sign that our republic is in serious danger. Yeah, and, and you know this is a program on parenting, and and it, inevitably it, it always bleeds over into uh, political, societal issues, uh, philosophical issues. But but because these things are being crammed on our kids' throats so often, I, I let it go there. I mean, it, it almost has to go there. Um, so let me revisit what I talked about just a second ago. Uh, how then is this not first and foremost a moral or spiritual issue and not a philosophical one? Because until we first understand what good and bad, right and wrong and truth and lies actually are, aren't we just spitting in the wind? Yeah, that's why it's important to teach your children truth and beauty from the moment they begin speaking. Amen. And luckily for uh, conservative folks, the world is your classroom because bad ideas mm-hmm. um, end in bad outcomes and the uh, 
the evidence of that is everywhere. And teaching your kids while they're getting up and lying down and while they're walking and talking and working mm. is easy to do in a world where you can't go down to the library without going by a homeless camp. Mm. So, Stacy, help just give us some examples how you raised your kids because because from just some of our discussion now and also earlier, you were talking that your kids are the only ones that some other kids know that are conservatives, and yet your kids are are remaining strong and staying strong in who they are. So, what did you and your husband instill in them to make them so strong in in this worldview? Well, we instilled in our children very young that we are their primary educators. We only contract out the the three R's and that we are the authorities. And we have also made that clear to every teacher and principal that we've ever encountered. Um, I like to use biblical language when I talk to teachers as a kind but firm way to say this is this is where we're coming from. This is our worldview. And um, we we see you. Um, we've also taught them to find their people uh, surrounding themselves in their church and youth groups with kids that they can lean on and rely on when they, you know, don't post a, a black square on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. They know they're not racist. We've gotten to them first and mm-hmm. we've exposed them to the world in age appropriate ways. And we've we've definitely been their safe space. We've perfumed the airways of our home with the likes of Rush Limbaugh and Dr. Laura. Uh, We listen to podcasts as a family and we discuss uh, topical political issues in it's, it's a beautiful thing when we, (laughs) that funny thing, it's so important to have mothers and fathers in the home evidenced by the, at the very end of the book, we asked our kids in in an attempt to apply for the not yet to have received a parent of the year award. We were fishing for some accolades from our children. What, what exactly (laughs) did we do the best raising conservative kids? What would you say? And I'll tell Uh you everyone, but the youngest mentioned their father. Mm, That's so important. So many fathers aren't there anymore. That had to have made him feel good. (laughs) He, he accepted it with, uh, well, of course, (laughs) He is the smarter of us too, but no, it's so important to have, you know, two parents there invested in pouring into having one another's back Mm -hmm. and, and the children knowing that their parents are united front and, and we'll stand with them. I don't know how people can say otherwise uh, against all the studies. And I mean all the studies. Um, I I just don't understand it. The French philosopher Voltaire said, anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Are we there? Mm. Uh, Well, I'm not. And well, so I mean, it, I mean, as a, as a, as a nation, I mean, do you feel that the absurdity of believing that gender is fluid has led to the atrocity of our public school system to allow freak shows to shake their booties in the faces of our kindergartners for crying out loud? 
It's an atrocity, but but the family, you know, being the smallest political unit is going to make the difference in our country. Right. And uh, taking a small victory lap for my family and speaking about just individuals uh, doing the right thing, incrementally dragging us back towards a little sanity. My Mm -hmm. 11 year old walked into his classroom two weeks ago uh, to see a man in a dress wearing prosthetic breasts at the front of the room Mm -hmm. as a substitute. And he looked right, he looked at that knee, turned around and he walked away, found his principal, said, my mother wouldn't want me to be at school today. And she said, you're right. And so he got the day off. Wow. Good, good. Well See, there done. you go, fight back. That's, a, that's one of the problems we have. We're too afraid to fight back. And, by, and a family is the smallest, uh, uh, you know, and most fundamental form of government. I want to remind our listeners out there, dynamite comes <laughs> in small packages. That is incredible for an 11 year old. 11 what years a great old, because he's, he's mm-hmm. been taught to see the lies and he won't, he won't cotton to it. You know, one more thing with regards to are we there? I don't think so, because I truly believe that most Americans are good, rational, sane people. And the most unhinged among us have the loudest mm-hmm. voices. There was a man named Solomon Ash at Swarthmore College in the 50s, and he did a uh, an experiment on conformity. He brought seven men into a room and called it a vision test. He told the seven men to lie to the eighth man they were going to bring in. They were asked whether line A, B, or C matched the target line. And now depending on the differentiation between the lengths of lines that they were comparing, the eighth guy that wasn't read in to the experiment conformed to the lies 35 to 75% of the time. Utterly terrifying. <laughs> However, when Solomon changed yeah. one parameter in the experiment, he told one of the seven initial guys to tell the truth. When that guy walked in and had one other person stand with him, False answers dropped from 35% at the least to 5%. It takes only one other person to speak with you and, and stand for truth, to have the courage for others around you to say, hey, you know, it's, it's not right. Mm. We just need to be speaking the truth. We need to be unafraid. And it gets easier. I, I can tell you this from even my, my experience, but when my daughter was in sixth grade, she converted six different girls on the bus ride to pro-life. And the first time that she came home, she was like still shaking because it was really intense. Little girl trying to convince somebody not to kill babies in the womb. Yeah. But then the second time it was easier. By the sixth time, she had it. She was like, Mom, it goes the same every time. And it just gets easier. Oh, that is so cool. What an incredible story of courage, but also helping us understand that the first time is hard. The second time is a little easier, but by the sixth time, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Stacey. Our time is up, and this has been just an incredible, delightful conversation. Thank you for breathing life into your kids and also the next generation. We appreciate all that you are doing. Thank you for having me. God bless you. God bless you, sister. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Stacy Manning. You can connect with Stacy at thembeforeus.com and also check out her book, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. 
You know, if you have a question about raising teens today, even difficult teens, send us your question, radio at licensedparent.org. We want to help you, and also Trace might answer your question on an upcoming broadcast. Hey, construction is still happening on our campus here at Shepherds Hill. We are currently raising funds for our shower house, and it's been over 20 years since any updates have been done. Our kids are still getting clean, but it would be nice to have updated bathrooms. So would you consider being a part of what God is doing in the lives of our kids here at Shepherds Hill? You know, your financial support can make a difference in the lives of struggling teens and their families. You can donate online, licensedaparent.org, and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.